This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Great to have you with us. As we mentioned earlier, the recovery in Puerto Rico is hampered by the massive debt that the U.S. territory is dealing with. The totals ranging upwards of $74 billion before Hurricane Maria ravaged the island. So the biggest question right now is, what's next? And should potentially that debt be erased? David Skeel is a professor of corporate law here at the University of Pennsylvania and a bankruptcy scholar, and he joins us here to discuss the issues. David, great to catch up with you again. Uh, it's nice to be back. Thank you. I, I guess we, we start with the necessary spending to do the recovery. How do you deal with that when you have all of this debt hanging over Puerto Rico right now? Well, in the in the in the short run, we see at least the the money that's coming from Washington as as separate. Obviously, it'll it'll ultimately be to the benefit of everyone. But the there's an aid package that Washington passed yesterday. I don't know that the president has signed it yet. Hopefully, there'll be another aid package later this fall, uh, next month, or or December. That's that is separate, um, or or we're hoping that that will be separate right. from uh, from the treatment of the debt. And the the treatment of the debt is uh, it's going forward along the path that it's been on. Obviously, it's been greatly complicated by the uh, by the hurricane, but uh, hopefully. The the parts of the aid package that are, are simply plugging the hole in Puerto Rico's finances, hopefully they won't be more debt in the in the long run. Although in the short run they technically are, as you're probably well aware, because they're they're it's structured as loans. Hopefully the loans will ultimately be forgiven, but it it is structured as as loans. So where do you stand on, on the, the idea of, of wiping away this debt? And, and that's obviously it's something that uh, has been talked about, especially now in the wake of the storm. Trying to deal with it was something that obviously was a it was a big topic prior to these storms, I think. It absolutely was. I don't know that you can just magically wipe away the the debt. The creditors would not think it was so magical uh, yeah. if if one did that. It is clear that the the debt will have to be written down significantly. That that was apparent even before the hurricane. The hurricane has made it, uh, if anything, even even more uh, apparent. Um, I think it's unlikely that the creditors will get zero, which is what wiping out the debt implies. But I also think it's likely that there there will be a significant restructuring. 844-942-7866. If you would like to join in, 844-942-7866 is the number to uh, to give us a call with your comments. I guess if you're talking about the, this massive debt that Puerto Rico, and obviously we've had you on in the past, I mean, this has been something that has been going on uh, for quite some time right now, trying to deal with this. How do you start to tackle such a massive amount of debt of money that is, that is owed to so many creditors on a variety of different levels. Well, it's really difficult. I mean, before a year ago, the answer would have been it's essentially impossible or or, or very difficult because Puerto Rico did not have 
access to any restructuring or bankruptcy mechanism. They, they, for reasons that are not apparent to anyone, they are excluded from the municipal bankruptcy provisions, which allow states to authorize their cities to file for bankruptcy. So none of that applied to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico couldn't file for bankruptcy. But in the summer of, of 2016, uh, Congress passed the PROMESA legislation, which provided a restructuring mechanism both for Puerto Rico and for its municipalities and for its public corporations. And uh, we're using that, we being the oversight board. We've, uh, we've put Puerto Rico itself, the Commonwealth, into this restructuring framework, which is called Title III because it's Title III of the legislation. Yeah. We've put several of the oh, several other entities in as well, including the electricity company. So the way you do it is through that restructuring process, and, and we're in the middle of that right now. So what, what impact is that? Is it starting to have an impact right now? Or is that still a a situation that we will see play out uh, and really start to see the impact coming in the weeks to come? Uh, It's going to be the weeks to come, maybe even, unfortunately, the months to come. The the hurricane has really scrambled things. We had we put in place uh, or the governor put in place a fiscal plan last March which is the basis for pretty much everything. It's, it's, a, it's an assessment of what Puerto Rico can afford to pay, what it can afford, you know, what it should be cutting in its government. And all of those numbers are now up in the air because of the, of the hurricane. I mean, the, the tax revenues have basically dropped off a cliff, right. um, you know, the new expenses that weren't expected. And so we will be having to take another look at that while the while the restructuring is ongoing, but all of this has probably pushed out the timeline at least a little bit. And and that also means that the population loss that we've been hearing about in Puerto Rico over the last few months, people you know coming to the United States because of some of the issues, and especially in the wake of the hurricanes, that becomes a, a part of this story as well. Correct? It's a huge issue. It was an it was an issue even before the hurricane because Puerto Rico was losing on net one to two percent of its population every year over the last several several years, there is a a danger that because of the hurricane, that will go way, way up. I've seen estimates uh, by people suggesting it might be 14 percent, it might be 20 percent, either of which would be just devastating to the island. I'm cautiously optimistic. It'll end up being significantly less than that. But that that is one of the most important factors is how many people leave and what kind of condition does that leave Puerto Rico in? We're talking with David Skeel, who is a professor of corporate law here at the University of Pennsylvania. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. You, you mentioned before about the expectation of uh, of taking, for lack of a better term, taking a haircut. Uh, the people that are the investors uh, in Puerto Rico, the bondholders uh, in that in that territory, uh, having that understanding is one thing. Having the president of the United States say, hey, listen, your expectations have to go way down, that that takes it to a different level. It does take it to a different level. And, and if you look at what's happened in the municipal bond market or what happened after that was – the uh, the the price has tumbled. You know, I don't know if they'll stay down or or what will happen with them. But it is quite clear that the president's remarks were a jolt, e- even though 
it, it seems unlikely that the uh, that the debts could in fact be wiped out in the way that um, that he suggested or the direction he suggested things should move. Uh, it it clearly jolted uh, people and and had an effect, and it really did take that perspective to an entire, entirely new level. And, and I, I would be interested to get your opinion on this because I, I was thinking about this uh, a few days ago in that, you know, if you look back a decade to the recession, I mean, certainly we had bailouts uh, of very important companies uh, in this country to, to keep them uh, to keep them afloat. Uh, what's not to say that it wouldn't be somewhat of a similar type of mindset to basically be able to keep Puerto Rico afloat? Well, uh, as you know, there, uh, particularly in retrospect, has been a lot of hostility to those bailouts. And there's been hostility throughout to the idea of a bailout of of Puerto Rico, or really a, a bailout in any crisis situation. I think a natural disaster is is different. I don't I don't think that's a bailout in the same way. I think right. um, that is is fixing something that would would be very difficult, not impossible perhaps, but very difficult to to plan for. And my sense is that that folks in Congress, at least as of right now, are are looking at this similarly. They're not they're not looking at uh, at Texas and Florida and Puerto Rico as a bailout. Although from one perspective, one certainly could argue that it is. They're they're treating a natural disaster as as something we share and something that that is is different. And there there does seem to be a uh, a sentiment to help. Uh, there was an aid package, as I've already alluded to, that the Senate passed yesterday or the day before, and the, the House had already passed it, which would uh, which would provide thirty six point five billion dollars of disaster relief across the country. And there, there's a hope that there will be be more. So this is is very definitely a major part of the story going forward. What? You know, I'm sorry. Finish up. I was just going to say the. Um, before the hurricane, no one was even thinking about um, or the thoughts of money from Washington were right. much, much more limited. Now, now it's a cent- central feature of the recovery. Well, that that was kind of be kind of my next question is that, as you alluded to, I mean, this is not something new. This idea has been brought up towards Congress in the past, in, especially in the last couple of years as, or, or, or so. So my question to you is, is should Congress have tackled this in the past? And if they should have, what kind of measures do you think they should have looked at? So I, I don't think Congress should have tackled it in in the past, at least in the sense of stepping in to um, to provide a, a really big bailout right. for for any of these uh, situations. I was a bailout skeptic, skeptic, for the most part. I think there are um, there are some exceptions um, to bailout skepticism. I, I think when the entire economy is collapsing, it is appropriate for Congress to step in and and. I look at at natural disasters as being somewhat similar, something that that hits all of us in a sense. But 
Um, I don't think it's a good idea for Congress to plan to step in when there's a financial crisis, because that, that has all sorts of distorting um, effects on, on the way the potential recipient behaves. I, I just think something like a hurricane is, is different. I mean, I think we, we should, you know, there are probably things we can do to plan more effectively for hurricanes um, in advance, but um, that's the sort of thing that, that I think it is appropriate for Congress to step in. Uh, are, are the current people that are running the government in Puerto Rico, obviously the, the storm is, is one element, uh, but a lot has been made about uh, the issues surrounding past uh, governments running Puerto Rico and how they have kind of you know, impacted this problem and and help some of the moves lead to greater debt. Is are the government officials in Puerto Rico the ones that are ready to to start to look at some of the changes that need to be made? The really the hard calls that need to be made to start to deal with this debt issue. Uh, they are, um, and I'll, I'll put a small asterisk on it. But the the current administration, which just came in 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 January, uh, or I guess it's January of, of yeah, January yeah, of this tw- year. 2017. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm losing track, or yeah, that's, I'm, I'm losing track of my years, but yeah, it just came in last January, came in with a reform agenda, and they have been very, very willing to make difficult decisions. Um, there are um, some difficult decisions that the oversight board, uh, uh, which I'm on, I can't remember if you mentioned that or not, yeah. um, feels that needed, at least before the hurricane, uh, felt needed to be made that the government was not comfortable making. And the, and the big one was, in our view, under the fiscal plan, the, the, the government was required to implement furloughs, um, which were uh, pay cuts for public employees, because uh, it wasn't on track to to what we refer to as right-size the government, to, to reform the government to the extent it needed to be reformed. And the governor, the governor fought us on that and, and stated very publicly that he was not going to cut public employee paychecks. So there's some um, adjustments that I think the administration sees as a bridge too far. But in general, they have been absolutely willing to make changes and have been willing to, to restructure the debt, have been willing to reform the government. And so – uh, I think it is a little different from the past. Puerto Rico has a history of financing operating expenses with debt, uh, and particularly in the last 10 years. And I, I don't think that's likely to happen, to, to continue in the near term. There, there really are reforms and changes afoot. We're talking with David Skeel, who is a professor of corporate law here at the University of Pennsylvania. He's a bankruptcy scholar, and as uh, he uh, just alluded to, he is very much involved in uh, the issues surrounding uh, the uh, debt issues in Puerto Rico and trying to find ways to be able to uh, to alleviate some of the pressure there. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. I, I'd be interested, to, for those people that don't really follow it closely, take us inside I- into... Assuming that it is 10 cents on the dollar or 15 cents on the dollar, what these creditors are going to be getting back at some point, what does that, what impact does that have on those entities specifically? Where is it impacting, you know, here in the United States? And well, in terms of the kind of impact that, that, 
not getting paid a hundred cents on the dollar has it, it has it has an impact in a variety of different ways. One is that for um, for entities that were already vulnerable going into this crisis, it can be difficult for them as an institution. And the in the place where you see this is some of the Puerto Rico debt was. Uh, was insured by bond insurers. A lot of the debt was insured by, by bond insurers. The bond insurers were really hit hard by the real estate crisis and the, and the Great Recession. And so taking a significant loss for them can, can be very difficult, um, depending on, on what the loss looks like. So that's one possible effect. Uh, there are retail investors that hold some of the debt, and, and a fair number of investors on the island in, in Puerto Rico. And so taking a haircut can be difficult for them, uh, them as well. Uh, on the mainland, people who who own or people who have invested directly obviously are exposed, but more often people have invested by buying uh, or buying interests in mutual funds that specialize in particular in, in municipal debt. In municipal debt, many of the muni debt funds have investments in in Puerto Rico, and so individuals could could uh, be affected by haircuts in those contexts. So uh, writing down the debt does have, it has a very, very broad effect, and that's that's something one needs to be aware of. Pension, um, pension funds, retirees, the like, correct? Exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, the, the reality of this, of the Puerto Rico situation, even before the hurricane, was everybody was going to have to bear some of the sacrifice. No, Nobody was going to get off the hook, and the people who are affected um, are all over. Many of them are on, on the island, but many of them are elsewhere in the U.S. And, and again, from the legal perspective, put, put that hat on for a second. I, I mean, what are the changes that really need to occur to, to, uh, to really kind of balance this out to a degree? As we mentioned, this has been playing on for a couple of decades now. Well, I think a lot of the changes that or a lot of the things you would want to see are in the legislation, are in the PROMESA legislation. I, I think it was quite remarkable that the legislation passed in the current political environment. It, it, it was strongly supported in both houses by both parties. And it, it has a lot of the things that you would want to see. So it, uh, in the provisions that provide for a fiscal plan, it has 10 or 11 different objectives that need to be balanced. The Puerto Rico needs to be able to provide a uh, essential services. It needs to get its pensions in line. It needs to uh, be fair to the to the creditors. So a lot of a lot of what you would want is in fact in the legislation. It seems to me. I mean, the the long term question will be assuming that that Puerto Rico is pointed towards balanced budgets in in the next couple of years. Will they be able to sustain it? Uh, I would also get your uh, opinion quickly in the last couple of minutes about the impact of the Jones Act uh, on Puerto Rico, and and obviously that was suspended, you know, for a few days after the uh, after the hurricane. Uh, but what impact does that have moving forward? 
So I, I'm not an expert on the impact, and I've seen um, I've seen different accounts of the impact. But the sh- the short run impact is it it raises costs. Yeah. So um, the Jones Act says that uh, ships. Um, that go from one American port to another have to be American ships, and they have to be staffed by uh, American crews. And that uh, ends up um, uh, limiting the options for shipping to places like Puerto Rico, re- yep. uh, increasing the costs of, of shipping. And because Puerto Rico is an island, a norm, an enormous amount of, uh, of what they need comes by way of ships. So, um, so the cost is higher. It makes the cost of commodities higher. Um, that obvious, or that would, I think, be be lowered if the Jones Act right. were suspended. Um, there are complicating factors. I mean, some have argued that those higher costs are helpful to industry on island because it makes it easier for them to compete. Um, there are other people who have talked about the benefits to the U.S. and to the U.S. Navy of of the Jones Act encouraging U.S. shipbuilding. So it's a complicated situation. As I said, I'm not an expert, but yeah. it does seem to me that the Jones Act Jones Act is is costly for Puerto Rico, and I, I certainly would favor. Um, uh, easing those costs. David, David, thank you very much for your time. We look forward to catching up with you again about this because this will unfortunately be uh, in the news for quite some time. Thank you again. You are quite welcome. Thanks for inviting me to come on. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.